Hey guys, welcome back to Script by Sia. We are joined today by the one and only Samantha Mack. Oh my god, I'm so excited to have you on the show. You've been on my list for quite some time. But to be honest, I wanted to like the podcast. Like six months. Like a long time. <laughs> Time. But I wanted the podcast to like gain some traction though too, you know. So at least four people are listening before I come on. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just start with some shade. That's the real truth. So I was like, okay, I'm like 20 episodes in now, like it should be good. But hi, I met mom. you. Yeah, oh, hi mom. Thanks for listening, mom. <laughs> so amazing. Um, so I met you many i guess like maybe probably two years ago now when i started doing amateur night amateur night what was your name then kimchi no before kimchi oh i donned Viv- you kimchi vivian lace yes did we have like yeah. three vivians competing that night? yes and i was like no no because no, no. i at one point i was like okay now we have white vivian now we have asian <laughs> vivian and i'm like i can't say that no. and i was like I dubbed the kimchi. Yes. <laughs> and he still like get me and K Max. Like it's like Ugh. confused. I'm like, I know we're both Asian and we both start with K, but I was like, no, no, I'm not I'm not Kate. But yes, yeah, so but I remember meeting you, I guess, yeah, probably a couple years ago now, doing amateur night, and I was so terrified. And you were not an amateur at all. No, and I did like ten amateur nights. <laughs> I did like all the fucking amateur nights. Which is hilarious, because don't you teach pole dancing? I now teach pole dancing. Only as of this year. As of this year. But yeah, kind of cheating that way. But anyways, ramble on. (laughs) Sorry, okay, this is a total sidebar. But yeah, I met you, and I thought you were amazing. And also scary, too. I was, like, intimidated by you, too. That's my goal. (laughs) (laughs) You did good. But I want you to define what you do. Like, tell the world who you are, in case people... Don't know who you are. <laughs> I'd be surprised. <laughs> well, I'm Samantha Mack. And the reason I became popular is because back in the day, I was one of the only strippers who would publicly say she was a stripper. Oh. So when there was a sex convention in town or a big event, I was the loud and proud, like, I'm a stripper. Book me. <laughs> um, I did a pole dance at City Hall on the Jeff O'Neill show. We broke about 30 public bylaws. Oh my god. Um, and it was a publicity scam. But I was one of the very few dancers that would publicly say, hey, I'm a stripper. Come look at me. Back then, way back in 2005, <laughs> um, a lot of girls were very secretive about dancing still. It was still yeah. something you did in the shadows. It was very hush-hush. I was one of the first people to ever tra- get trained by Tammy Morris. There we go. Yes. There you Before go. she even had a pull up in her first studio, uh, just over the Broad Street Bridge. Holy crap! That yeah. was a long time ago. Back I'm, at Cook Street. I is that, that what was, Cook Street is? Yeah, yeah, like where like Olympic Village is now. But uh, no, this is before that. Oh, this before is, that? Oh you go over God. the Broad Street Bridge, and it was right before you hit like West Fourth. There's like a little side street, and she had like a little warehouse in there amongst the little Otto von Koss stores. I did not know this. Oh my gosh. Yep. I think I was Holy there. Shit. They had one pull up and she had ordered other polls my first lesson and I was like oh thank god there's one bowl (laughs) (laughs) and I paid her for private lessons and that's how I got into like proper stage performances I've been doing VIP dances for a while and then I was like I want to be a stripper like I want to be that girl that travels all over the place I want a trailer behind me full of merchandise and then I learned about Tammy Morris and how good she was and that mm-hmm. she was opening a pole studio, which is, had never been done in Vancouver before. Right. And I was like, oh, I want in. So we used to go sit at Brandy's and watch her and then like take so notes. Amazing. Like we were nerd more strippers. <laughs> but that's why I got like a following as quickly as I did is because everyone else was very secretive about it. And I was like, I'm sexy. Come get it. 
so uh, it gave me a launching pad that a lot of girls haven't had. And now everyone's like, I took a pole dancing lesson. Look at me on my Instagram. Yeah. That was not a thing. Like no. my first stripper promo has MySpace on it. So. Oh my God, MySpace. <laughs> Throwback. <laughs> Throwback. Shit. Okay. So you were a first for many things. And obviously like you're big on YouTube, porn, everything. Yes. Like, it fucking evolved. Everything. Kink, fetish life. Like there's. There's so many avenues. So, yeah, and I'm the host of everything. Yeah. So I went from being like the only stripper who would publicly say she was a stripper at conventions to being the girl that hosted conventions. Because contrary to how I sound today, I have a wonderful voice. <laughs> um, and I was really good at hosting an MC. Um, so I ended up getting into hosting everything. I did stand-up comedy. I did radio for a while. I had some talk shows. I revealed my first boob job on the Jeff O'Neill show. Wow. On the Fox. That oh was fun. God. Cool. Um, and we're talking a lot about boobs later too, guys. <laughs> I have boobs. That's another thing. Yeah, that's a really huge big thing. boobs. <laughs> the biggest boobs I've ever seen. <laughs> so it's not like I was like, hey, I'm a stripper, come see me. It was like, whoa, who's that chick with the massive tits? Oh, she'll talk to me? Oh, she'll get naked for me? Okay. <laughs> like it was kind of like there was a triple threat involved. But yeah, these are my, I would say these are my third set of boobs, kind of. Kind of, sort of. Kind, kind of. Kind of, sort of. How? What do you mean kind I, of? I've been working on them a long time. I was blessed with one really big tit. <laughs> and the other one just kind of tried to keep up my whole life. And so by the time I could afford a boob job in 2005, I just got two implants. Five, mm-hmm. 435 cc's. And I shoved them in there. And the doctors were like, no, like we should do a reduction and a lift and even your tits out. You should go a year without any boobs. And then we can put in implants and make them look good. And I was like, I can't go a year without boobs. Yeah, I know. I have been stuffing the right one to make it look like the left one for 20 some odd years. There's no way that I can like <laughs> suddenly be flat. Yeah. And so I just shoved in implants. And when you do that, you just end up with a really big boob and then like an okay boob. So that sucked. Yeah. Um, I ruptured an implant snowboarding. Ooh. I shouldn't say ruptured. I dislocated it. So my, my implant went up on my collarbone. Oh my God. This sounds so painful. It was awful. Um, oh my God. I was with some really hot guys snowboarding and I didn't want to be a baby. So I went to the bathroom and I unzipped my jacket and I saw my tit like up at my face and I was like, no. Oh and I God. smashed it back down, but it rotated the implant and flipped it upside down. Oh my God. So back in those days I got, uh, what do you, what would you call them? They were like a D shaped implants. So they were flat on one side and curved on the other. Kind of like a dinner bowl. Oh my God. Right? So dinner bowl on your chest. Mine had flipped so it was flat on the oh front my God. and it was curved underneath so it could rock back and forth like a teeter-totter oh my god so I had to get a second set of implants after that right so at that point I was like well I might as well get what I want so yeah. that's when I had a reduction and a lift I had a lot of my left boob removed so that I could even out my tits I had 600 cc's put in I asked for 800 they told me I was crazy I now agree with them because like 600 like is on edge to edge on my rib cage. If I went 800, my boobs would be out here, and my arms would be like, out. I'd be walking like a bodybuilder. And then I ended up going in for another surgery to have fat taken out of like my stomach and my torso and injected into my right boob to make them match. So that was like three surgeries to have matching boobs. Oh my God. And this whole time my boobs have been famous and I've been fooling the world. <laughs> but I started off with like a B cup and a double D. And no Whoa. one, until I tell people, they have no idea. Somewhere there's photos. I had no idea. <laughs> like I've, I've posted the pictures before, but I have my I have to go back to my doctor to find like the original, <laughs> like sad tit, happy tit photos. It was like that's insane. What are those like, um, like the drama masks? Like the oh, the happy one sad. was happy, one was, <laughs> one was sad. Oh no. But yeah, my whole career has been based off of having big boobs, and this whole time I've had like one mangled tit. <laughs> 
Well, you certainly have a personality and your boobs have a personality and we have so much to talk about today. I don't even know where to start, but like, can you like tell us like what your story is, like how you got started? What, what were you doing before? If you want to share that, like how did you get involved in this whole world? Well, to be 100% honest, I have always wanted to be a porn star. <laughs> and that sounds really horrible. Like, even as a teenager, I was like, I want to be in Playboy. I yeah. want to be, I want guys to open up their locker. I want my picture to be in there. Like, I don't want them thinking some other person's so great. Like, I want to be so great. <laughs> um, and maybe it's a weird goal to have. But I think growing up being like, I was always like the husky farm girl. And I just wanted to be pretty. That's mm. all. Like, I just wanted people to like me. And so the older I got and the more I saw like, oh, men like this and women. I was like, that's stupid. I, anyone could put that costume on and be that. So that's essentially what I did is I put on the costume and was like, haha, I want to be <laughs> like now. So there. Right. And it worked. Um, I was a lifeguard. Oh. And my whole life, like, growing, like, little me wanted to be, I mean, at first I wanted to be ballerina. I did that. Didn't we all want to do that? <laughs> yeah. I did Kitty Ballet for 12 years and then oh, wow. got over that. <laughs> my toes are throwing up gang signs now. Um, and then I was a lifeguard and I loved it. But originally I wanted to be a lifeguard because I was watching Baywatch. I was going to say, Baywatch. had big boobs. Yes. So I thought that swimming would give you big boobs because all the girls on the show had big boobs. <laughs> So I really got into swimming because I really wanted big boobs. And then I became a lifeguard and it did not come with big boobs. No. Granted though, even with my leg sad tit, happy tit, I still had bigger boobs than everybody else on my Perfect. lifeguard team. <laughs> I took that really seriously. I went to sports for a medicine. I wanted to like continue saving the world because yeah. I thought, I mean, I still think lifeguards are amazing. Very thankless job. I've dove into all kinds of water to pull people out who were not going to live if they continued being in the water. Yeah. And a lot of times when you pull them out, it's the family who's like, get off my job. What are you? Oh my and I've been yelled at for saving people's lives. And I was like, this is a really thankless job. Yeah. Like, like you're welcome. <laughs> like I've you're done welcome. some really crazy rescues. I've, uh, and everything happens outside the community center. Like in the pool, you're so safe. Outside the pool is where everything happened. Like, <laughs> we always got called to like other facilities because we would show up faster than the fire police or paramedics. I had a guy in a football practice who hit tackling dummy wrong and he put his arm all the way out and the guy hit the dummy beside him oh. and it broke his arm in three places. He had a W for an arm. Oh my gosh. So I'm cringing so much. Yeah, I've done CPR for real, uh, which is Whoa, terrifying. That is terrifying. Uh, well, people's yeah. lives are really like, in your hands. Right? Yes, and it sucks. Like being a lifeguard, it sucks because you're not allowed to stop CPR if the per- if you do CPR until a medical professional tells you to stop. So at one point, like you know, you're sucking in the face with a dead guy. Like oh, when you put it that way, that's so <laughs> awful. Well, and that's the thing, like. Um, doctors, paramedics, anybody in the life-saving field make jokes because that's how you deal with it. Right. And to the normal person, it seems so crazy. Like, how <laughs> dare you? But like, I mean, it was in front of my face. You got to deal with it. Yeah, it is what it is, yeah. right? <laughs> but I mean, we've also saved tons of people, I think, in my whole career. Seven to ten years. I have only experienced one death and... It was one where we got called out to it, and there was just nothing we could do. It was an old, old woman. Oh. She was taking a karate class. Oh my god! She was in her nineties. Good for her. She was Kicking like, ass. she was famous at our rec center. Like we knew when you know old Edna showed up, <laughs> and there was just nothing we could do. She was so old. She was taking a karate class. She was amazing. <laughs> it was just her time. Um, we had to do CPR until we were told not to, and that's it. Right. I have worked at facilities where there had been deaths, but I didn't have them like firsthand. But in 10 years, like one that I've firsthand been there for and the rest, everybody lived, man. That's good. People are super (laughs) resilient. But I really loved that kind of job and it was amazing, but it does not pay the bills. I'm not like, that's a good and bad thing because like they pay well. Like when you're a city employee working for the municipality and the pools 
in your city. They pay it is well. a well-paying job. But the world needs a lot more money to survive. And I quit lifeguarding at $26 an hour, but that's not enough money to live in Vancouver. It's just not. You know, especially when you have to work split shifts for those hours. It was, it was just wasn't feasible. And so this whole time I was working out and I was trying to get sexier and be awesome in my speedo. And <laughs> so every time I lost 20 pounds, I gave myself a present. So mm-hmm. I lost 20 pounds, I got my nose pierced. Lost another 20 pounds, got my nose pierced again. <laughs> lost another 20 pounds, got my tongue pierced. Lost another 20 pounds, got my clip pierced. There you go. And then when I lost 100 pounds, I took a pole dancing class. Uh, and that's when you met Tammy? No. No. So I took a pole dancing class at the Paramount in North. Oh my God, in New West. New West. Oh my God, the Paramount. Oh and shit. the owner at the time was, there was Bob and Steve. And Bob was like, you got some tits. Can you work Friday? And I was like, oh. He's like, you got good upper body strength. You're picking this up really fast. You have a dance background. You're going to work Friday. He's like, you keep everything you make Friday night. If you like it, you come back. You don't like it, don't come back. And so the first Friday night I worked, I made so much money. I think I walked out with over $1,000. What? And I was like, oh. I don't even make $1,000 in two paychecks right now. Like This is yeah. so good. So I was still teaching swimming lessons in the day and then stripping at night secretly. And I didn't know how to tell my parents. And I was really concerned. And so I waited till they like clued in. Like, why are you dressing up so much? Why do you have so much money? What's going on? Yeah. And so I told them that I was working at a biker bar, spit shining Harleys for bikers. And my parents <laughs> So like what and I'm like yeah I'm like I spit into my hand and then I rub their bikes and they pay me a lot of money for it my dad's like like hell you are and I was like no I'm just stripping don't worry about it and then there was like no issue and there was he got so amped up and I go this is why I didn't want to tell you and he's like oh okay well you can tell us and then I was like I'm stripping at this club and they don't serve alcohol and blah 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 yeah. and I take pole dancing lessons and you know like I'm training like athletically with these girls and he was like oh well, you can tell us anything it's alright oh my gosh and it, I'm so glad that I set them up because yeah. it mellowed them out for it totally. and they've come to the taboo show to watch me strip like not to watch me strip because you can't get naked there but yeah. to watch me pole dance and that's awesome and super supportive my man. dad when I was I was in a relationship with a guy who bought the new mugs and jugs. Oh, yeah. Mugs we and worked jugs. at the new West one, and then yeah. we took it to Surrey because you have to move a club to another place with a pole license, basically. Okay. So we were stuck with either, like, the old Uranus Lounge on Main and Kingsway. Oh, my gosh. Or so Wally. Yeah. And for some reason, they chose Wally. Yeah. And the city came in. They were like, nope, your stage isn't good. Nope, this isn't good. Nope, that isn't good. My dad came in and built the stage. Really? Yeah. That's amazing. So, and that's we had like little like chrome mud flap girls on the little tables around <laughs> the stage. And, and I was like, that's pretty amazing to have that's, that kind of support from your parents. Yeah. It's super rad. Yeah. We no longer have that club. We had that for like a minute. <laughs> I don't even have that boyfriend anymore. Just to clarify, I don't own a strip club. <laughs> don't come for me. But yeah, it was it was kind of a weird evolution. Like I quit yeah. I quit teaching swimming lessons real fast. Yeah. And I gave up on lifeguarding altogether. <laughs> and I was like, money's over here. I started traveling. And I was one of the first groups of girls that left the Paramount. There was four of us. We left the Paramount. And we made like an oath. Like, we're going to study. We're going to stay sober. We're going to work hard. We're going to collect our money. We're going to look fabulous. And we're not going to be those strippers. And so <laughs> we, we started traveling. And I always had big monsters trucks mm-hmm. being being half redneck myself i've always <laughs> had a really big truck so i was the girl that drove we did the alberta circuit before a lot of bc girls knew what the alberta circuit was right and we were getting promo posters done and i remember at the paramount steve was just like what are you doing you don't get girls to take photos like they're gonna leave our club and, and i was like well if they leave your clubs because you're not offering what the other clubs are yeah and i got that. fired oh my god from uh, paramount yep 
Now, years later, Steve and I are very good friends. Yeah. But he did fire me from the Paramount. Is it more because of a conflict of interest? Well, I think we were both very different people at that time. Okay. I was very business-minded, and I was like, no, I'm going to hustle and make as much money as I can. Yeah. With or without you. And he was like, don't threaten my glove, little woman. You're going to keep girls here. You don't tell them they can go somewhere else. And so <laughs> it was get rid of me to keep the rest of his dancers. He, he had his interest in mind. I had mine in mind. And I was like, all right, cool, Steve. Nice knowing you. It wasn't a bad question firing like right you didn't throw my locker out in the alley or no and that was so long ago too it was right? so long ago oh my <laughs> god that i got fired from there and that's kind of like almost when, 20 years the, ago yeah i was gonna say isn't that crazy and that's when money was still really good money was great yeah i made more money for cents back then i i would call my mom in tears if i didn't make a thousand dollars a day oh i'd be like god. i didn't meet my goal what i've done just <laughs> tears and i didn't know any better and that's why i ended up like Barely 20 years old, the bank offers me a Visa card. I'm throwing money on it. I'm making so much money a week. I'm, I'm like, raise my limit, raise my limit, raise my limit. It raised it enough for me to get a good boob job. So I did. <laughs> and then I stopped paying off my card. Because oh, no. I didn't know how credit cards worked. So I was oh, like, whatever, there's money on the card. What do you mean? What do you mean I have to pay more? I'm still now, nearly 20 years later, trying to get good credit from that first boob job. Fuck. It's yeah to try to try to like rebuild that after like I, after i got my first boob job i was like i don't need a credit card cut it up and i thought okay my card's done because i cut it up no i didn't realize i still had to make all these payments yeah so i paid it off in full well if you pay your credit off card off in full it's not good for your credit <laughs> so 20 years later now because i went 15 years without a credit card what i was like how it. i don't want to have to pay extra i don't want to pay interest and i was able to like do everything booking hotels was tricky but not impossible right. i could do everything else without a card you want to book a flight no problem you just go to flight center you can pay them in cash right and then they'll book it for you there's workarounds there was so many workarounds so i was like i haven't i don't have a credit card i'm so smart <laughs> and now that i try to find a house i'm like oh, i'm an idiot and that's another i'm like following your stories on that Ooh. sounds like a freaking headache oh, it's horrible. Sounds awful. It's another topic. But yeah, so <laughs> my first boob job was completely like I probably paid for my first job four times with the amount of interest that I that occurred. accumulated. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So very expensive tits. Oh very expensive. <laughs> well, you're also very well known for them now, so yes. <laughs> which is great. But yeah, but long story short, <laughs> this has been a very long story. <laughs> Long story short, I was very successful. I did really well. I got really pretty and I had the opportunity to do porn and I jumped on it. Okay, so how did you get into porn? Like, how does this whole start? Did, some, did someone approach you or? So my ex-girlfriend. So there was a point in my life where I thought I was lesbian. And then after dating a woman for eight months, I realized that I'm not exactly a lesbian. <laughs> like on Tuesdays for sure. But it's a really funny thing. Like if I had to choose who I was attracted to. I would pick somebody soft, beautiful, flexible, nice tits, soft bum. And like <laughs> somebody who, who listens to me and at Christmas time remembers that one thing I told them that one time and then brings it back in this super special memento. It's so tender. But for some reason, I really love like knuckle dragging mouth breather gym rats. And I don't know why. So like if sexuality was a choice, I would clearly choose women. But no matter how many times I have a wonderful time with women, some part of me wants to wake up next to a hairy snoring man beast and i don't know why it's just it's hard to explain yes and as much as like i love my husband he's amazing there's part of me that's like can i just have a girlfriend on the side like just like maybe tuesday wednesdays like, part time like i just she's really soft and pretty and beautiful but yeah i, I had this girlfriend who was amazing and her and i traveled together and we did shows together and we were working she together. was a stripper too she like was that. a vip dancer okay she was a vip dancer at the penthouse Oh, and okay. I walked in one day and was like, hi, I'm a new VIP dancer. And I was like, hi, I'm Samantha. And she's like, hi, I'm Sam. And I was like, change your name. <laughs> and 
um, and that's how our relationship started. And then she was like, actually, you made out with me in a, in a club once. And she's like, actually, you've had your tongue down my throat. And I'm like, I don't think so. Hair flip. <laughs> and it turns out that she was right. And so we negotiated and she was able to be, she, we called her Little Sam. And I okay. was Samantha because Sam was short for Sam and she's like four foot ten. <laughs> so she was literally short. <laughs> um, and we started working together and then she was like, hey, like, I've got this peep show set up at my house. Like, these guys can come into the front foyer. There's this wall with, like, holes that I can open up and seek through. They oh. open up the hole, they put the money in, and then they watch us. And I was like, sounds like, legit. I'll do it. <laughs> and it was, like, my very first, like, experience doing anything outside of a strip club. Mm-hmm. And we made a lot of money. And all I had to do was show up be hot. <laughs> and, like, we kind of lesbian fooled around. And then it turned into, like us doing like full shows and we would like travel to bachelor parties and like we had like a big jug with like lines on it and it's like oh if you fill the jug up with money to this line we'll do this this uh, line we'll do this so it ended up we ended up doing like full-on fisting shows oh my god she's also four foot ten she's got size four feet she's got yeah. tiny little hands <laughs> i look like a normal sized human by comparison <laughs> but i was like it's this is awesome. So I, she would end up fisting me once the whole thing was overflowing and we would go home with so much money. It was great. And we had a lot of fun. And yeah. so after like weeks of doing this and being with her every day, I was like, are we dating? <laughs> what <Like>, are we? <laughs> like you, you, you have your hand up me like a puppet. Like, are we having sex? Like I'm with you every day. I like you. I guess I'm a lesbian now. So I had like this whole coming out. Yeah. And then after eight months, I had a whole going back in. Um, <laughs> I feel like I am confused. And then I learned that you can be pansexual. And I was like, oh, that's what I want to be. I don't want rules anymore. Because before, like, I mean, back in the early 2000s, I thought you were either gay or straight. I didn't think there was another option. Like, people right. said they were bisexual, but no one took that seriously. Right. So especially from coming from a girl. Yeah. <laughs> so I was just like, oh, I must be gay. So it was a really interesting, like sexual journey that this whole thing took me on totally but she didn't want to work at a call center anymore she was like i'm doing these people shows like i'll I'll fist you for money like let's do bachelor parties let's do this and i was like okay so i was along for this journey and then we ended up having a fight what was it i was mad at her because she didn't cover her mouth when she coughed (laughs) and we didn't speak for three years Oh my god. And then three years later, like, we ran into each other and we're, like, socially cordial. Yeah. And then she was like, hey, I'm shooting porn now. And oh. I was kind of like, ha you're four foot ten. You don't have boobs and you can't do porn. And then she was really crazy successful. And I was like, whoop. <laughs> Let me take my foot out of my mouth. And she was like, oh, I need a girl with big boobs in, like, the background of one of my videos. Like, you should be there. I'm like, well, I, I would never do that. Like, I'm such a pure, wonderful person. <laughs> like, I'm not even getting naked. She's like, well, you show your tits. And I was like, yeah, okay. She's like, you don't have to touch the guy. Just be there. And I was like, okay. She's like, well, let's just do some, like, fetish videos. So my first video is about my me working out and my stinky socks. And oh, we yes. sold my sneakers after that video for $200. And I was like, yes. what? <laughs> and then the next video, I was just standing there in like a corset and a black skirt while she spanked a guy and I just laughed. <laughs> and then the next video, I have a gloved hand, like a leather glove on, and I'm covering a guy's mouth while she, am I allowed to say things like jerked him off? Yeah, okay, say it, whatever the fuck so you want. So she jerked him off. <laughs> and so I was never the girl doing the bad thing in the video. It was always right. her. She did all the work. I just showed up with tits. She got all the views. I got paid. That so worked out. <laughs> it worked out. And then after like doing this for a few months, I was like, I should open my own store and sell my own videos. Mm-hmm. Like, this is amazing. So I started doing that. 
And I started and I stopped the first time because, like, it's really hard to do porn by yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, not only is it hard to fuck yourself, but it's <laughs> hard to do the advertising, the marketing, the release times. The, and, like, back then, like, 2010 was my first porno video ever. And it was really hard to advertise. We didn't have Twitter. We didn't have Instagram. We didn't have Facebook. There was... Right. You couldn't really talk about it on MySpace. Like, it was... You had to know where these secret underground fetish forms were. Right. And so without that kind of knowledge of the industry and technical knowledge, it was really hard to make a GIF to advertise your video in 2010. You had to be a little bit of a computer genius. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, you can do everything on your phone. Yeah. Like now yeah. you can it's sneeze and accidentally be important now. <laughs> and sneezing fetish is a big thing. Um, <laughs> That's another thing. Oh my God. I have a viral sneezing video. <laughs> yeah. So she's, she was like, listen, I'll help you. I'll build your store for you. I'll do your first like 20 videos. I'll edit them. I'll just show up with ideas. So I showed up with costumes and idea and I half asked it and she made all my videos and it was awesome. And I made, I wouldn't say a lot of money. I didn't make super money, but I was making passive income and I was like, it's really nice to wake up and have an email saying, oh, you sold 30 videos last night. It felt good. And I just coasted on it for so long. Had I had the gusto that she had, I'd be so far ahead right now. <laughs> but I just kind of like coasted and was like, this is comfortable. This is fun. I'm just doing fetish porn. I'm not doing porn. I'm not one of those girls. Right. And that's how I kind of justified it for a long time. And then everyone was like, oh, Samantha Mack did this fetish video. She's probably doing more. She's a slut. She's a whore. And I got called every name in the book and people made all these assumptions about me. People were like, I saw your gangbang video. Meanwhile, all I had done is put my hand over a guy's mouth. <laughs> and I'm like, you saw what? And I was like, well, if I have this reputation, I want the paycheck that comes with it. Yeah. People already think that I'm doing this, 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 and this. And all I'm doing is being the boobs in the background of the video. I've ruined my reputation already. Might as well go whole hog. Yeah. The paycheck. Take ownership of it. So 2012, I did my first like sex video. And it's called, it's got a good name, but people have like stolen it and put it all over the internet. So now it's called The Lawnmower Man. The Lawnmower Man. Because <laughs> it starts off with a guy mowing my lawn. Yes. <laughs> he He's like, excuse me, ma'am. Like, I need to make some money because, you know, funds are low these days. And I'm like Mrs. Robinson on him. <laughs> and my, my thing is I don't want to do a fantasy or a video that isn't something I don't want people to be encouraged by. Like, I don't want to do a snuff porn or, mm-hmm. you know, like anything that it's like, like abusive without somebody begging for it. Because like, I don't want to give you that fantasy that you could react in your real life that could harm someone. So one of the things I was really strict about is I won't be a cheating housewife because mm-hmm. I've been cheated on and it sucks. Yeah. And I don't want people to fantasize about cheating on their spouse. I want you to love your spouse. I want you to do all the crazy things that I do out of love with my husband on camera to your (laughs) husband. Yeah, for sure. um, If he wants it. Um, (laughs) So that was something, my my little piece of ethics that I wanted to just take with me. And a lot of people make a lot of money on doing taboo porn, Mm -hmm. stepbrother, stepsister, stuff like that. That's, I was talking about that with someone yesterday and there's so much of that shit out there right now. Oh my gosh. It's crazy. And I was like, so bizarre. And as soon as you're like, 30 and porn you're considered a MILF and so oh people are like oh will you be my stepmom and I'm like no <laughs> no I won't be your stepmom I'll just be the hot chick with big boobs yeah like, <laughs> let me be that can I be like the woman who's of your mom's age that you're attracted <laughs> to that's fine but like I don't want to be your mom don't call me mommy in a sexual context <laughs> it does not work no like but my very first porno they were like okay this guy's gonna cheat on his wife and you're gonna be like oh come in and he's gonna be like no and I'll be like you can't resist me and you're gonna lure him in and I was like, mm, that doesn't really go with my values. Yeah. So at the very end of the porno, we have sex pretty well. <laughs> for my first time, not bad. 
<laughs> uh, a lot of knees and elbows, but you get the gist of it. Yeah. I think I left most of my clothes on. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. And I was fucking my boyfriend at the time, so I was comfortable with him, but like... So he was in the porno with you? Yes, yeah, so this was my boyfriend at the time. At the time, yeah. Yes. He's long gone now. <laughs> at the very, very end of it, we made a line where he said, I love role playing with you. And I was like, oh, honey, like you're the best husband ever. And I was like, it's three o'clock. Go pick up the kids from school. And I throw his pants at him. <laughs> so you knew that we were role playing. Right. Cheating. And instead of it being like a, yeah, the girl next door is better than your wife. Leave right. your wife and your kids for the whole next door. Right. So, because I just, I couldn't put that energy into the universe. Now, there's a lot of people who will disagree with me on that. And because taboo content, cheating content is so big right now. You yeah. cannot go on browsers without an ad popping out. Or I should say porn up. Without a Brazzers ad popping up <laughs> with a family turkey dinner and Uncle John is eating out stepsister Mary under the table where no. dad carves the turkey. And no, I don't want to I just, that. I was like, I'm so tired of families fucking each other. <laughs> What's up all the And like my content. family is so supportive and wonderful. Like yeah. I just can't, like, no, my parents are wholesome and wonderful. Stop it. So like, I just, I can't. And yeah. I'm losing a lot of money by not doing taboo content. I'm losing a lot of money by not doing Cheating Housewife. I'm losing a lot of money by not doing stepmommy JOI videos. But I need to be able to like feel happy with myself from where I am in the universe. And I know that would be like me selling my soul to the devil. Yeah, because they're your own ethics, right? They're your yeah, own and everybody has values. their own path and their own story. And for me, like I come from such a wonderful, loving family that like to mix those two concepts just does not make sense. No. But we all grow up very culturally different and like from one place to another, people have very different concepts and ideas of things. So I get it. I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to say anybody's wrong or bad or that I'm so high and mighty and ethical and correct, but like I'm happy producing the type of porn that I produce. Yeah. I have done a couple stepdaddy videos. There's two on my website that I produced right. and the one sold really, really well. And the second one I was like... No, let's try this theme again. And then I kind of pulled it right away because I was like, I just don't feel like, I don't feel good about this. I don't feel good right. being like, oh yeah, younger, almost underage girl. I'm like, why am I making this? <laughs> yeah. It just didn't feel right. So I, I pulled it and I was like, I can't do this step. It's not vibing with you. No, I just no. couldn't do it anymore. So in producing porn now, because now I've gone like full circle. Yeah. Um, Because of the way my ex-girlfriend, by the way, is Mistress T. Okay. She wrote a book. She's famous. She's amazing. Um, Shout out. <laughs> she's one of the most successful women in porn from that generation of porn. Mm-hmm. Like, she's so good and successful. I can't tell you publicly how good she is. <laughs> I'll tell you off the air. Yeah, tell me. Tell I'll, tell me. You, I'll tell you the great successes later. She's so wonderful. But she she built me up. She made my first website. She hand-fed me lines and taught me about these fetishes and what to say and what guys want to see. Like, if you're doing a foot fetish video, you can't just show your feet. You have to, like, curl your foot yeah. a certain way and show the arch wrinkles. And you got to yeah. spread your toes. You spread it. <laughs> like, there's certain things people are looking for in these fetishes. And if you just go in there like, oh, I'm doing an ass fetish. Here's my ass. It's not good enough. You right. got certain camera angles. You got to say certain things. It's a lot of work. So she really gave me, like, my first education. And without that, I wouldn't have the platform I have. So now with Mac Models, that's what I originally set out to do for other girls. So I was right. building everyone's websites. I was doing advertising. But I was bogged down by all this work. It's a and, lot of And work. I was like, crap, I've got to, like, write, direct, teach, instruct. And then also, like, guide these performers in a way that they're not. Because, like... With the new generation of girls coming out, 
they don't have to work for it the way I used to have to. Right. Like making a gift back in the day was so hard. You had to go and pick every single frame and time it and measure it and size the pictures and <laughs> play them together. And it took like a half a day to make a gift. And now it's and now you're like simple. auto gift click done. <laughs> so I'm like, I had to want it. I had to work for it, and I had to be very confident about what I put my name on. So now teaching girls like, oh no, like you have to. This is how you have to treat your fellow performer. This is how you have to create this content. This is why you don't do this before a scene because you have to respect the people you're working with. And so giving them like motherly advice. And then I say, I don't want to be a stepmom. And I felt like everyone's mom. <laughs> and then also giving them like work advice. Like, no, you're hired for this shoot. You show up on time. This is how you have good work ethic. Because we had to work for it. We had to want it. We had to have good work ethic. Nowadays, girls are ghosting shoots because ghosting is common. It's right. a workplace practice now That's to awful. ghost somebody. And it's horrible. So teaching so much became so overwhelming. So I kind of changed how porno boot camp was and how Mac Models was. Okay. So it's gone through many phases, and now we're relaunching Mac Models again. We already relaunched once this year. Now we're relaunching again because <laughs> we had to keep changing the concept with the changing technology and with changing attitudes towards porn. We have to change what we were doing. Right. So I was just being like, you, 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 you're hot. Let me teach you what you need to do. You're going to work with these stars from LA. We're going to produce this. You know, we were spending thousands of dollars a weekend producing these huge videos and virtual reality, normal porn. Like, it was amazing. We worked with some superstars. We worked with Abella Danger, Brett Rossi, which is Charlie Sheen's ex-wife. Oh, cool. Um, we worked with Cherie DeVille, like some really big name porn stars. Yeah. I got to work with Small Hands, which is like every stripper's dream come true because he's like the tattooed bad boy of porn. Oh. And girls still to this day are like, so do you actually know him? I'm like, he's literally been inside me. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know him. Um, I got to work with Burning Angel with my goal to work with Burning Angel. I got to do two videos with them. Like I've had this really wild career, but it mm-hmm. went through like this mainstream phase like fetish phase mainstream phase and now because of things like even things like tiktok now yeah technology has changed so much everyone's on the forefront so now i'm changing mac models and we changed the format of porno boot camp instead of training you to do a mainstream porn for our company now we're training people on how to make their own platforms Ah. so i started off by doing it for them the way mistress t did for me yeah and now I'm teaching you how to do it yourself because technology changes so quickly. I can't build you a platform, produce, edit, direct, write your yeah. videos. That's a lot. Now we're basically, I'm doing social media classes, which I do oh. at the penthouse. Yeah, yeah. I remember seeing yeah. them. Um, I needed a big screen that everyone could follow along. I needed good Wi-Fi, which the penthouse doesn't have. Yes, um, they do not have that. <laughs> so I had to hotspot everybody for each of my classes. Oh my God. Um, but I needed like a big enough room where I could talk about sex openly and I couldn't just rent a regular like right. haul for that. No. So I've been using the penthouse and I was doing it the last or second last Friday of every month, but people would come to one and then not come to the next. Um. And so I started like, because the groups were small enough still that I could cater towards what they wanted. So some of them were specifically about OnlyFans. Right. Because I'm an OnlyFans master. Yeah. Um, oh, I want to talk to you about that. <laughs> but I mean, I think a lot of it comes from, I had to learn a very basic platform back in the day. Yeah. And with the experience I've gained over the last decade, I've been able to understand these new technologies that come along very quickly. I've caught on because I had, it's like learning to drive standard first. Yeah. And then getting like a nice Maserati afterwards. (laughs) So I can troubleshoot a lot. Yeah. And you can navigate. And I, back in the day, we, I hate saying back in the day, I sound so old. (laughs) And now with no voice, like a grandma, like I really sound old. I, um... 
we had to like write down like, okay, it's four o'clock on a Thursday. I got this much in sales after making this advertisement and you had to track it yourself. Wow. And so now with all these algorithms and programs that teach these things and track these things for us, it's so easy. So now I can like do a quick scan of somebody's website and go change that color, change that font, advertise this time, this time, and this time, post this with a gift, this with a video, this with a picture, say this kind of clickbaity thing and you'll, <laughs> you'll increase your revenue. And I can go in and just like five minutes, give you like five tips, change everything, make you more money. Wow. So it's evolved a lot. It's evolved a lot. Right. So now we have Porno Bootcamp, which right. you saw on the Vice documentary. Yes. You guys have to check it out. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> it's called Porno Bootcamp. It's hard to miss. <laughs> it's on YouTube. It's yes. done by Vice Canada. Mm-hmm. And I fell into that by accident again. Did they contact you then? It's Everyone weird, contacts you. <laughs> I mean, if you want something sexy, because I was that girl back in the day who was the only one who would publicly say I was a stripper, mm-hmm. I was the one always contacted. Right. So if you wanted someone to tell dirty jokes at your 40th anniversary, get Samantha Mac. You want big boobs to pop out a cake, get Samantha Mac. <laughs> so there was a company that was doing uh, like in-world gaming where you okay. make your avatar and they had to move. I did the motion capture for that. So if you're oh. pole dancing, lap dancing, being slutty in a video game, they're probably my moves. Interesting. Oh, that's so fucking so cool. So the people from that then wanted me to host their online adult award show where they were giving awards to the people who, because it was an in-world thing. So yeah. all the sponsors were getting awards. So I hosted that because I was also a stand-up comedian and an MC, And I had tits. So it all worked out. Perfect. And so from that, they were like, oh, well, we're going to work in virtual reality. We're going to start doing porn. Well, who can shoot porn for us? Samantha Mac. <laughs> so it all just like compounded. It like, just came all together. It's a snowball that's just continued yeah. to roll. And then they were doing mainstream porn. And then we worked in VR for a long time. And people have like changed jobs and whatnot. And I've just followed that. That group of people yeah and we've grown together and that's how we got our first studio problem we found is male talent is right. expensive to get like a pro from the states to come up a lot of people can't cross the border right. a lot of people are in porn in the states I, I not so much anymore but when we first started this journey a lot of them were in porn because they were having troubles finding other jobs a lot of guys are important because they got big dicks. Right. And it's really easy to get a DUI in the States. So once you have a DUI, you can't cross into Canada. So getting right. these, this talent to come to us was hard. Rather than searching for somebody who might do the job and you have to spend a lot of money on them, we're like, we've got to have local talent. There's got to right. be big dick in Canada. There has to be. There has to be. So we started training men specifically because there's a bazillion women who are gorgeous who can do a great job. But we just need one guy <laughs> to come in, get hard, stay hard, and come when he's told to. <laughs> and that is way harder than it sounds. And where do you find these guys? Like, where do they, they come to me? And they come to you. I just put out like a subtle hint online and I am swarmed with emails. Right now, I'm behind so far in my emails that oh I just God. can't keep up with the amount of dudes who want to be important. Now, when they contact me, I get the whole gamut. <laughs> so I got a lot of leading out. Yeah, it's a lot of filtering. There's people who've come to me, like, who are just like, oh, well, I want to do porn, but I only want to shoot with Christy Mack. And I'm like, she's been retired for five years. To get a clue. <laughs> like, we've never shot with her. What makes you think that? But then <laughs> I was in a tattoo show with her. So they saw a picture of me and her together. And they thought that I could get her in their pants. <laughs> no, that's not how it works. That's not how it works. No, I don't own my friend's vaginas. I'm sorry. Ching. <laughs> <laughs> no. But yeah, so I have to weed out the guys who are there for bad reasons. Right. I have to weed out the people who can't perform. Right. And with VR, I thankfully with VR, lying down is the main position. The guy lies down almost completely. He's got to stay hard. The camera has to be over his face. So we have to measure from the camera to his dick. 
check what that length is so that it looks a believable distance for the viewer when they're watching. Right. If your torso is too long, we can't use it's you. Not working. Or we have to like pull down a t-shirt and like fake where your nipples are so that your torso is shorter. Oh, wow. So many things I like didn't even think about. So many tech things. Yeah. And so also with men, if they had like a beer gut and their belly went up, then we couldn't see we the bottom of their see. dick. We can't shoot you. So it was really easy for me to like eliminate a lot of guys who didn't have porn star bodies. Let's yeah. say. I don't know how to say this nicely. Guys with beer bellies who would show up, their bellies stuck out further than their dick did. It was easy for me to say, oh, the technology can't shoot that way. I'm sorry. <laughs> Instead of me being like, Santa, go back to the workshop. And I don't want to fat shame ever. because no, like, no, no. I'm not a skinny worry. girl, but like the technology gave me that out. Instead of me having to say something that could potentially hurt someone's feelings. Yeah, totally. And I don't want to hurt people's feelings. No. Even now, like, we'll have guys show up and, like, they've got pretty good dicks, but they have no self-confidence or they have this, I'm like, listen, you gotta have confidence before you show up naked. No, totally, of course. there's things you gotta have. That's something you can't really teach, though, too. But yeah, I've learned through this that there's a lot of different dicks out there. Mm -hmm. Like, what we think the classic penis looks like is not actually the average penis. I don't want to say, like, I've seen every dick, but I've seen a lot (laughs) of dick. Like, they literally (laughs) come to me to apply for porn i see more dick on a daily basis than a doctor like (laughs) and i've realized that a lot of guys don't know how to use their dicks and like Ah. i will probably consider retiring in a field into a field of work that'll probably have something to do with like male sexuality Mm -hmm. because i've come across so many men who are adults who do not know that you can pull your foreskin back oh my god are you serious? This seems normal to you and I. Yeah. But I see real life men who just don't know. Oh my God. And it's not a cultural thing. It's not like one Ooh. type of man is coming to me with the same problem. The whole run of the mill. It's like multiple. I've seen guys tear their foreskin. I've seen men Ooh. have to get adult circumcisions oh. because they're not being good to their foreskin. Oh it's getting God. hard. They're not stretching the skin. Oh. Sometimes it cracks and crystallizes. Oh, like, cracks and crystallizes. Yeah, what the things fuck? you shouldn't say when you hear penis. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> yeah, guys, like there's some guys who, there's just so many weird situations. I remember doing like an initial interview with a guy. Yeah. We talked about whether I want to do porn. After that, they get their first hand on camera and I talk to the camera. It's usually me because I don't want to throw like a sacrificial lamb out. <laughs> so it's usually me with this, with this dick that may or may not work. And I'm starting Stroking his cock and I'm talking to the camera and I give him a timer and he hears the alarm go off. He has to ejaculate. That's the test. Can you stay hard? Get hard, stay hard, and then come when you're told to. That's the first test. You gotta get through that hurdle that's to get to the porn boot camp you see in the documentary. You're right. Ra- oh my the one god. The is fun. Like yeah, a bunch of people in the room. Yeah. It's musical dicks, it's a bunch of girls, a bunch of guys. <laughs> Watch the documentary, fun. guys. It's a fun <laughs> documentary, but that's level two. Level oh one is you show up, it's you, me, some camera people, director, my assistant, and I'm there playing with your genitals. And then when the alarm goes off, you have, have two to minutes to come. If you can't come in two minutes, you go home with blue balls. And so most people can force it out but yeah. guys don't know that they can control their orgasms they're like what i have to control it oh and a lot God. of guys are like well if the girl can't do her job i can't do mine and i was like no no sir it's not no <laughs> this, <laughs> this, street. this is this you have to be able to control your performance like right. you're an actor on stage you have to be able to control your performance know your lines yeah know your cues yeah it's the same and the thing. other actors will know their cues and we'll all do a beautiful play together and i mean like yes you want your partner to be skilled we've all faked orgasms yeah ladies we've, we've all know. been there <laughs> but you have to you know hit your cues hit your marks and hopefully it'll line up and you'll make a beautiful play but these guys like in their 20s in their 40s in their 50s being like what i have to control how it happens yes and i'm like yeah like, <laughs> yes 
Yes, you must have control over your dick. Well, we don't want to be on set paying a crew for nine hours waiting for you to get the confidence to blow your load. So Porno Boot Camp was designed to teach guys how to get hard, stay hard, and come on command. And we do all sorts of like, we've talked with like male performers in the States and they say, hey, here's what I take to have a bigger cum load. Here's how I stay hydrated for a scene. So I'm not mansplaining penises to men. Yeah. I'm saying I've talked to these men. Here's their advice. You do what works for you. Right. I never tell them like, take this magic testosterone pill and you'll be <laughs> a stallion. Like, I'm, I don't know. I don't have a dick. I don't know. No, but everybody's I've, different too. So now we have a few men that we constantly work with, but, and that was doing really good. Yeah. We were, we were in a good place. We did the face documentary. We were employing local Canadian men with wonderful penises to do these awesome sex scenes. And then OnlyFans came out. Just for uh, fans. Is my girl. Adore me. All these things. Right? Patreon. Fucking everything. And I was just like, okay, I gotta weed this out. Like, not only do we need men to work now, but now girls don't need a man. They can just make their own content. Well, that's what I was doing in the beginning. Okay, we've come full circle. So right. now how can I make this work? And I watch girls and it drives me crazy. It drives me crazy when a girl's in the change room at work. She puts on her phone and she's like, I'm getting ready for my strip show. Do you like my outfit, Daddy? <laughs> and then she sells it to her Patreon or OnlyFans or whatever. And then a week later, after not doing any other upload, She's like, I don't like porn. It doesn't make me any money. And I'm like, you shut your mouth hole. You are not doing porn correctly. Not doing it correctly. You right. showed half a tit one time on OnlyFans and you didn't make a million dollars. Shocking. <laughs> and I get so mad at them for like dissing the industry that I've worked so hard in because right. it's so good for me. It's so good for the people who taught me. Totally. I want to be able to pass that torch forward and people's attention spans are so short now. Like they'll come to one class. I'll give them five things to do. Mm-hmm. And then you don't see it happen. And then they're like, I don't understand. I went to Samantha's class. I didn't learn anything. Trust me, that's not my fault. Like, I, will show you, I will show you my statistics on my OnlyFans. <laughs> and then we'll look at yours and we'll see where the problem is. It wasn't that what I taught you wasn't correct. It's that you posted one thing in a month. The execution is all wrong. Half a tip in one <laughs> month is not going to give you a porn star paycheck. No. And like, you know, I'm like, also, you advertised Monday at 3.30 in the morning. What the hell, man? That is no good. No good. <laughs> you also advertise to four women who work with you because that's who's following you. No, they're not going to pay to see your tip. No. So so how can you, for those who have OnlyFans, how can you really grow that? Ooh. Okay, so I'm doing it. Do you have an OnlyFans? I do. Okay. Well, I have created a new OnlyFans. So what I'm doing right now, Vanessa Vaughn and I have just done Ooh. a thing. Oh, I think I saw this on your we story. We joined forces. Yes. She has a good OnlyFans. Mm-hmm. I have a good OnlyFans. We joined forces, and now we have a monster OnlyFans. Mm-hmm. We didn't combine our accounts. We have separate accounts. But we filmed all of their questions together, okay. and then we edited it into short little four-minute videos, and we post them one at a time. So at noon, I release what the question of the day is. Right. At three o'clock, I release like a teaser bit of that video on a story s- or on your feed. On my feed. Okay. At six o'clock, I release like an image, and then at nine o'clock, I release the full video answer. But the day before, I'll go in my messages and I'll message absolutely all my followers. And I say, mm-hmm. "Hey, tomorrow's question is this. If you want to see the full video, here it is right now. Pay five bucks. Yeah, pay. Yeah, totally. And so when you have a hundred followers and you wake up every morning and a hundred people have paid you five dollars each to see tomorrow's video, you're doing pretty good. Then they see the content. They comment i go to the beach a lot i live on the beach mm-hmm. um literally i live at sunset beach <laughs> um and i'll go in a bikini and i'll go to the, my beach bag there'll be three different bikini tops in my beach bag there'll be three different necklaces and a bandana or whatever and i'll go to the beach and i'll wear one top and i'll go click 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 20 selfies 
I'll take the top off, like 20 new selfies. Switch the bikini top, switch the sunglasses, switch the necklace. <laughs> the only way you can tell that I'm shooting the same is if my manicure stays the same. <laughs> my nails stay, I get my nails every three weeks. So you know what month it is based on my nails. <laughs> so then I'll, I'll go click, 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 click again. Or yeah. I'll go in the water and I'll spin around, take pictures in the water. Yeah. And then I release one picture from that photo set every single day because you can pre-program your photos. Oh yeah, that's what I do too. So I pre-program 30 photos at a time so you know every day you're getting a picture from that first set. And then the topless set will come out at three o'clock every day for a month and then the yellow bikini set will come out at four o'clock every day for a month so every day you're getting multiple posts and i don't have to update every single day yeah no. so i have free time so I'm, I'm running it like a business as you should <laughs> right so i know that you're subscribing for a certain amount of content for a certain length of time i'm making sure that you get that right and then when i do have free time i can go into my emails and i can answer all the questions so right. the only thing we're doing differently now is we're asking them, like, come to us with your questions. What do yeah. you got? Because we're going to make our next video for you. And so now we're taking customs because of that. And so it worked really well with Vanessa Vaughn. We did 13 videos. Awesome. We're filming again on Monday. Yay! Um, and we've got, like, all these different, like, gimmicks and and things planned out. And what really worked for me is because I have a big YouTube following, I went on YouTube and I was like, hey guys, I love you, but I'm gonna be asking questions here where I get paid for it. You want to, You want me to open it? You want me to open your, what is it, open your boobs. <laughs> that, that's where that's gonna happen. Here right. I'm on YouTube and I'm happy. Yeah. But I have a very big following there. I have over 58 million views. So getting that audience to go there was good. Now what's interesting is certain countries don't allow certain platforms. I see. So there's countries that don't allow my porn site, but do allow my OnlyFans. Right. So I started putting a lot of my like porn trailers and things on there directly. Um, people don't know what's on each other's OnlyFans. Some people are like, right. oh, it's all porn. I can't charge that much because it's all porn. Yeah. I very rarely actually put graphic porn on there. I do mm -hmm. because that's what I'm known for. But very rarely. A lot of it is my day-to-day. -day. I'm sexy. I'm topless here. I'm naked there. I'm hanging out with this chick. We're doing this crazy thing here. Yeah. I feel like seeing that. Yep. Watch me and my girlfriend on OnlyFans bouncing at the gym being stupid. Like, <laughs> and the interaction is so consistent there. So you're getting a much different product. Before porn was like, I want to see your whole doing things. Now right. we're selling intimacy and interaction. So if you want intimacy and interaction, right? you go to OnlyFans. Right. And so I give them a lot of options and I'm constantly asking questions. You won't see a post of just a picture. It's a picture with a poll or mm -hmm. it's a picture with a questionnaire or it's a picture where it's got a cheeky saying that I know when it's auto-tweeted. You always look up your OnlyFans to your Twitter. When it's auto-tweeted, I know people are going to respond to the question. Right. And when they respond to it, it automatically shares my link to my OnlyFans. Ah, right. So it gets spread right. to more yes. people. And with really OnlyFans, I find mm -hmm. because it's a trusted name, people aren't afraid to put their credit card down for $5 a month or $20 a month or whatever it is. Right. They know they're not going to get scammed. They're not going to get a virus. It's a safe place to go. Right. Same thing with Pornhub. It's such a big company. They're well taken care of. You know, you put your credit card in, you pay for your premium account, you're never going to get scammed. There's a lot of pop-up pop -up ads. You just close them. Like, <laughs> it's not like the 90s searching for porn where you got a virus every 10 seconds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's a good product and it, it advertises itself because it has a good name. All you have to do is put in the main effort. Have you heard about like some instances where girls aren't getting paid free, like via OnlyFans too? Because I keep hearing that lately. So I saw this thing on Twitter. There's a like any business, there's a lot of drama. Yes. And there is one person online right now who is saying that like this one site's not doing this or the other and she's screenshotting her receipts. And I looked into it and I was like, I don't see proof of this. Mm -hmm. I see you being angry at this person and trying to take down their company. Um, so I haven't seen proof of anyone not getting paid on OnlyFans. Yeah, I've personally never, like, it's, it works for me. The problem with adult sites is that they have to change their banks a lot. Yes. 
banks are very higher and mightier than thou, and they control everything. So if you want an adult, especially in the States, Canada, we don't have the issues that the States has. They have a big porn industry. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> but in order to get paid, they have to change their banks quite a few times. They have to change their policies consistently. Technology changes, people change, the economy changes. So they got to keep up with that. So when you don't get paid on OnlyFans, it's usually because they switched banks and you didn't update your banking information. You go update your banking information, you'll get your next paycheck. Only problems I ever had, I was like, oh, I didn't get paid this week. What's going on? I went and looked and it was literally, I hadn't updated long enough. There was a big yellow bar that said update. And I was like, oh crap. There we go. They don't have my bank account. That's why there's no money in it. Whoops. <laughs> there's times where Pornhub hasn't paid me and I've just been like, hey, you say this money was sent out on this day. Where it is? was not sent out. Where is it? Where's my money? And they're like, whoops. And they get right on it. Also, you have to imagine you are one of a gazillion women showing off half a tit on the internet trying to get a paycheck. <laughs> so when a bank has to deal with a gazillion paychecks, there's going to be a mistake somewhere. And if you just go to their support line, they'll fix it. But, but yeah, so long story, moral story is I got tits. I got into porn. I teach people how to use their dick. If you're not good on OnlyFans, I will make fun of you behind your back. But if you come to me for advice, I will help you make more money. Um, but there are some questions from some of the fans. So fans. Hey fans. Hi, mom. <laughs> We'll do question number one. So uh, how many cc's in those fantastic jugs? 600 cc's. 600 cc's, as you said earlier. Um, what have been your favorite shoots? Ooh. That's a good question. I like Ooh. that one. I had such a crush on Small Hands at Burning Angel for so long. But I would say my last time shooting with him was okay. the best because I was finally comfortable. I was finally like, I had gone from clip porn to mainstream porn. I knew people in the industry. I Behaving when you're doing your own OnlyFans or in my case, it was like clips for sale. Right. Is very different than how you behave on a mainstream set. So learning, like getting my, my grounds there and then coming back and doing, my, I think my third scene with him, I knew what I was doing. I had it together. We put on it. We made a good product. He shot one of my first porno bootcamp videos. Oh. He wow. went in as, what was his name? Presley. He's like, hey, my name's Presley. I'm going to try out this porno bootcamp. He's like, it's me, small ass. <laughs> and he tried to like punk me and then I went put him through the porn bootcamp thing like okay yeah. you touch your dick now does this feel good do you want me to keep going and then he's like surprised and he pummels me <laughs> and it's such a good video it's like 40 minutes long it's an amazing video I'm in positions I've never been in before oh, wow. but I was so comfortable with him and he's like the rock of porn like yeah he's the Dwayne Johnson of pornography so, in my mind and so to have that video and I own that video like it's not out there for somebody else it's my video yeah is so great because it's one of the biggest projects I've worked on it's one of the longest projects it's shot in 4k and so that was like my my absolute favorite because I was dirtier and filthier than I've been in a long time because <laughs> I was so comfortable with this person I admire so much. Yeah. Um, I'm a fan of Samantha Mac and Shreds. Yay. What has been your weirdest fan experience? A uh, fan came up to me at AVNs in Las Vegas and had my tattoos. What? I made a YouTube video out of it. No way. I'm equally flattered and horrified. And like creeped. Because like you don't expect time. someone to show up looking like you. No. Like it's, and it's a dude. Wow. And he's got the cutest voice. <laughs> and he's the nicest, like, sweetest man. But he's got love more if you're less on his knuckles. He's got thank you on his knuckles. He's got the star on his face. He's got the stars Whoa. on his collarbones. I, he, I think he's got the butterfly on my shoulder. Which is funny because this has my ex-boyfriend's initials in it. And now he's got it. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> the lawnmower man's initials are right there. That was the weirdest because it took me completely off guard. Totally. But he is so nice. Like, it's not as creepy as it initially seems yeah like what was your reaction when you saw her like what the... at first i was i was like 
what the fuck? What the hell? And yeah. then he was so lovely uh-huh. that I was like, I'm so flattered. Like, yeah. I went through like a range of emotions in like three seconds. <laughs> um, and I made a YouTube video with him and I was like, we got the same tattoos. Like, <laughs> fucking right, man. <laughs> yeah, that was the weirdest. Totally. I mean, we've had fans show up at our house. That's kind of invasive, no? We've had people knock on our door oh and like, like yell Vancouver? at our landlord to be oh like demand God. to be let in. But I want to see Matt Models. I want to see Matt the Max supposed to be here. And she's like, dude, like, no, you can't come in. Oh, how do I say this? I've had to turn away some people who were special. People who didn't have the same common sense social graces as oh, okay. other people. Yeah. Yeah, I get um, it. I get what you're saying. And I had to explain to them very carefully why they couldn't be at my house. They didn't quite get it, why they were being creepy, but no. they weren't doing it out of being malicious. So No. That was also a fine line, though, when, like, weird. if you, like, come off and like, you start telling them off, and then they yeah. can get creepy and malicious. Because Shred's new reaction, reaction is, you know, protect my woman. Yeah. So he's just like, get out! And I was like, whoa, wait. I sense there's something different going on yeah. here. There's something special going yeah. on. So they did get to talk to me, but it was a very gentle conversation. That's good. That said, don't come back. <laughs> yeah, please, now. So, yeah, so we've had some weird interactions like that. Who are, I guess we kind of answered this too a little bit, but who are some people in the industry that you look up to? Joanna Angel. Okay. Joanna Angel, because she was Bernie Angel. So Joanna built her porn career very similar to how I did. Mm-hmm. But she hooked on that niche of tattooed alternative girls and made people who weren't blonde with big boobs and big lips sexy. And I right. love that. But she had a very, like, homemade effect to her porn. She did parodies that were ridiculous. <laughs> she used people who were colorful. And she created this empire of, like, misfits in porn who were exquisite. She created something that was so beautiful and so professional and so amazing. But she started, like, in her basement. The same yeah. way we all kind of start. Totally. And so I've always tried to model what I do after what I can learn from her. She has been, like, without even trying, just by existing, she has been one of my biggest role models. And meeting her and talking to her was so weird. Because in my mind, she was like the fairy godmother of porn. In person, she's just so cute. She's just adorable. She has a really good team around her that really supports her and creates really good projects. And what I learned most from her is have good people around you. Have a good team. She's the reason I hired an assistant. I was trying to do everything myself. I was trying to build everyone's websites. I was trying to teach everybody. I was trying to make everybody happy the way I was. And it's a lot. And when I saw her work, I was like, whoa, she has this. She has that. She's got this guy who does this for her. She's got that guy who does that for her. (laughs) I get it. She sunk into her name and her name did the work. And that was because she had laid the groundwork already. Yeah, yeah, And I was like, okay, I got to go next level. I got to do that. And so that's why we recreated with the Vice documentary coming out and all the attention that garnered. We recreated how we do Mac models and porn boot camp. We created actual classes. We do bondage classes. So you know how to safely do bondage. You can take it home with your partner and do it there. Or if you're going to come to one of my film sets, now you have the basic knowledge to you know tie somebody up with their clothing or with actual proper bondage equipment without hurting them. Right. So I've been able to say like, okay, well now if I need to hire for a bondage scene, I'm going to hire someone who took the class. Right. So that was our concept there. And I was like, I need to expand and let the name do its work. And I need to hire people to come in to teach on my behalf. People who know more than me, people who are better than me, because that's what you had an angel to do. (laughs) So that's why we evolved for our bootcamp. Now we're evolving again, whereas we're still teaching those classes, but now we're focusing on like, okay, you have an OnlyFans, you want to do this yourself? Here's how you do it. Awesome. Like put your best foot forward. Don't, don't 
flounder because the first thing a hundred girls will open an OnlyFans. I use OnlyFans as the main example, but they'll mm-hmm. open their own clip site or whatever. Yeah. They'll open a Pornhub account. No idea what they're doing. A month later, they got a ten dollar paycheck and they're like, "This is it. Porn's stupid. It doesn't make money. No wonder people buy it for free." Well, no, you fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why we're now evolving it again and expanding it. So I didn't want to copy the Burning Angel thing and just do tattooed girls. Yeah. I didn't want to just do big boob girls. Like, cause I'll, I don't know anyone with that <laughs> besides me. I wanted to like keep it open to everybody. But still, I know she was so, so, so successful because she had a niche with the tattooed girls. I don't know what my niche is besides the fact that we're Canadian. But if I was, there's probably nobody else that I, I go to for advice. Like without even asking her, I'll go to her site and I'll just see what she does and how yeah. she does it. That being said, this year she sold Burning Angel. She sold her brand. She Dang. doesn't know it anymore. What? And so now I like, I don't trust anything that's on her website because somebody else is running it. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I'm like, it's not Joanna Angel's product anymore. <laughs> see where I am in here. <laughs> I guess the last question we have would be, oddest requests you've gotten? Okay. It's a big one. (laughs) There is... I just did like the Home Alone face. (laughs) It was great. It was great. Um, So there's odd fetishes. Mm -hmm. But what I find more odd is people who order a custom and will send me like four pages explaining what they want. Oh my God. But they don't use punctuation. I have to like (laughs) guess where the sentences start and stop and what they mean. Because they'll type the way they talk. Right. So like somebody specifically wanted me to specifically do a specific movement. And I I was like, I was like, so is this including the ocean? Yeah. (laughs) So there's that. But the all time favorite one that makes me throw my fists in the air is this guy wanted me to shoot... Okay, so POV is point of view. Yeah. So if I'm shooting POV, it means that the camera is where your eyes would be, mm-hmm. seeing what your eyes would see. Yeah. So he wanted POV, he said. So he wanted to sit down in an armchair. He wanted me to then back my ass up, POV. No problem. <laughs> That's going to be awesome. I can back my ass up towards your face. Yeah. Right? Cool up. That's great view. Love it. Perfect camera angle. Then he goes... I want you to sit down in my lap and ride my cock POV style so I can see the penetration. And I was like, sir, if you are sitting upright in a chair and I sit on top of you like a little spoon perhaps and my genitals are sitting on top of your genitals and you are upright in an armchair, at what point does your face see the penetration happening under my butt? Yeah, how? All you're going to see is the back of my head. Yeah. Maybe a shoulder. Like... No, like, I don't want to, like, make fun of this guy because he spends a lot of money on customs. Yeah. So knowing what he meant and, like, deciphering that and then giving him a product he could be happy with yeah, is the weirdest thing. Because I'm like, okay, what does he mean? Yeah. So we ended up shooting a chair. We did the first scene in a chair. Then we took the bottom of that chair, put it on a bench, took the chair away, pulled the guy back into a lying position, put the camera over his belly button. Oh. So you thought that he was still seated, but you got this magical view from his groin of the penetration. And I was like, dude, just tell me that you want to see a lot of booty. Mm -hmm. You want me fucking you in a chair. I know how to do the camera work. I know how to direct the shots. All the angles. (laughs) I know how to make the movie. And what I hate about customs is when you make it to the specifications, the Pacific way that they want it. And then they're not happy because they didn't. They don't know the terminology or they don't know how to set up shot lists. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, dude, I know how to make a movie. Stop it. Just tell me what your theme is. Yeah. And so 
Like one guy was like, I want to be a small man hiding on a grape foraging for food. Okay. I want you to walk by and be like, there's that food I dropped. Then you bend over. He like line by line. Then you bend over and pick up the grape. You don't have to see my body because I'm on the grape. It's my POV. And I was like, all right. Okay. So I pick up this grape that you can't see. Can't see the grape. Can't see him. And then I have to swallow him whole while he POV sees my uvula from outside my mouth. How do I swallow you whole if you're outside my mouth? (laughs) And I was like, just let me make this the way. I know what you mean. Just tell me you want a giant ass POV scene (laughs) where you're swallowed whole. You want to see uvula. Yeah. I will give you that. But to be like, and then say this line and then pick up the grape (laughs) and the beginning of his whole story. And like the video is called Swallowed. Okay. And I made it in a way that I think works. Yeah. It was one of my top sellers that month. Oh, hey! So yay for weird fetishes. <laughs> yay. Um, so we made it work, but I was like, just just trust me that I, after 10 years... You know what you're doing. I know what I'm doing. There's weird fetishes. Mm-hmm. There's crazy shit out there. But it's the people who think they understand filmmaking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no. I, it's so P- entertaining. POV is not penis of view. <laughs> <laughs> to contrary belief. Right? <laughs> Okay, well, that's the end of Q&A. Unfortunately, I'm so sad. I could talk with you forever. I need to take your class. I need... Ugh, there's so many things I need to do. You need to be back on the show. But where can we find you? There's so many places. I am all over the internet. In most <laughs> cases, I am the Samantha Mac. Spelt like the truck, not like the makeup. Instagram deleted me at 200,000. No. So I have a new Instagram, which is the Samantha Mac underscore. My Twitter is the most graphic the Smith Mac. My G-rated Twitter is the Sam Mac. You can see that one. It's not shadow banned. Yeah, but it does say backup account for the, the Smith Mac. Mac. <laughs> um, you can find me at the penthouse Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, DJing. Mm-hmm. I'm usually in my pajamas or workout clothes. I don't dress up for work. <laughs> I should because more people are coming in to see me now, and I'm like, I look like a slob. <laughs> Damn it! I thought I was hiding in a DJ booth. Um, now that people know I work there I've worked there since 2002 by the way (laughs) now that people know I work there yeah it's fun it's good times I'm a blast I play a lot of 90s music yes which is great I play a lot of dick in a box (laughs) everywhere I host the Vancouver tattoo show I'm at the taboo show I do it all man (laughs) I literally do it all do you have any more well, I mean, there's, like, there's macmovies.com, so my yeah. main website, <laughs> uh, which we just launched this year. Yay, uh, Macmovies.ca is my first website. Okay. And I always release to my Canadian fans first. Yay. I'm loyal to my Canadians. Yes. If you want to see something first, it goes on OnlyFans. If you want to see it first publicly, it goes to my macmovies.ca. Gotcha. And then a couple days later, it shows up on macmovies.com. Um, I have a many fids and I want clips, clips for sale. I have everything. I've got a Pornhub account. <laughs> um, but the good stuff is, I would say my MacMovies.ca is probably my best because you're getting everything first and you can buy individual videos. You don't have to have a membership. Oh, sweet. That's probably my best. And I'll always like put my Canadians first. Yeah. Like I'm, we're building a studio. Oh, we're building a studio. So exciting. So you saw my old... Did you shoot my old studio? No, oh. no. So my old studio was really cool. I had a pink studio for a while. I had a striped studio. I've had a stone brick studio. We had an orange Halloween studio for a year. It was amazing. Cool. We have a new studio coming February 1st. Ooh. And our priority one is a Canadiana room. So if you're going to come, Yay. shoot Mac movies or Mac models. Our studio will be so Canadian. I have pillar candles made out of birch trees. <laughs> I've got the red buffalo plaid bed sheets. I am 
so ready to give you the Canadian porno experience. That's awesome. Yes, there will be hardwood everywhere. <laughs> We're going to use maple syrup as lube. Not really. Maybe. <laughs> Please don't. Um, but yeah, it's going to be... We have such a good country. And we have mm-hmm. such... Like, and to get serious talent. for a moment, we live in a wonderful country. We do. We have amazing uh, MLAs and leaders who will really stand up for our rights, not just as as women or people of color, but as sex workers and as independent business owners. We have so much flexibility and freedom thanks to being Canadian. Yes. We do not get shamed the same way porn stars in the States get shamed, the way they can't go to certain banks. They're not allowed to have a savings account at certain banks because they may have done sex work. It's horrible. A lot of porn actors can't be in mainstream films as a background or an extra because they've done porn. They're considered bad, rotten, no good, throw them out. Uh, Shreds, my husband, has had a thriving film career. He's been in almost everything you've seen on Netflix. (laughs) Um, They don't care that he's filmed porn. There's, There's no stigma because the porn industry in Canada is so small, it's maybe not taken seriously, but... We are so, so, so lucky to live normal lives and not be shamed uh, the way other people in other countries are. Right. Um, we can we can do so much and we are free to show our boobs anywhere in Canada, free the nipple. You can <laughs> yes. go anywhere, a man can go topless, a woman can go topless from coast to coast. We have so many wonderful freedoms. So it is it's such a blessing to be here right now in this time in this country, and that's why uh, I'm rambling about how great Canada is. Canada is great. <laughs> but we're going to really impress upon the porn world that Canada has hot chicks. Yeah. Great wood. And we make good <laughs> products out here because I'm tired of going to LA, man. <laughs> I really want to put Canada on the map. And Vancouver yeah. on the map. Right now, West Coast, I'm picturing into the wet coast. The wet coast, Not guys. Not rain, honey. <laughs> I love it. But thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks thank for you. Taking time and thanks for listening to my raspy voice. Yes, very sexy. I very promise, raspy. I have a very sexy voice. <laughs> I'm known for my voice. <laughs> Anyways, thanks again, Sam, for get, being on the show. Thank you. Uh, thank thank you. you. Thank you. And don't forget to like, rate, follow, subscribe, and all the things. Strip by Sia and my personal Sia stuff. And we'll catch you guys next week. Bye. by Sia, produced and hosted by Steph Sia, aka Kim Chee.